podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for GigPod is brought to you by Swiss Movement. Quality watches at affordable prices. Check out their website at www.swissmovement.co and get 10% off all watches with the code GigPod88. Welcome to episode 61 of GigPod, the Glasgow's Green Podcast. I'm Bidzo and I'm joined on this week's episode by Spunkphone. How are you doing, mate? I'm not too bad, John. I celebrated last night's result uh, a bit excessively, shall we say, and I'm sure the listeners can probably hear that um, hear that in my voice just now. But um, a pleasure to be chatting with yourself again, as always, mate. So that's, um, that's lifting my spirits. As you say, it was another sensational Celtic win uh, last night. We beat AZ Altmar 2-0, the Ange machine keeps on rolling, the train keeps on rolling, it's not going to stop yet, well might soon, but not yet anyway, and it was a great win against a good team, and when we did that legendary podcast after the Hearts game when the two as well, and the dumps, I don't think MD could have foreseen this happening, that we'd go on a win and run. Still early days, but no way would I have expected us to beat AZ Altmar the way we did. The rate and the, the speed at which this sort of turnaround's happened after the obviously the first three games without a win has been incredible, really. I thought going into last night, given the kind of teams we'd been up against um, previously in this winning run that we're on now, Jablonic weren't really up to much. Hearts at the weekend, obviously I, I missed that game so I can't comment on it too much in Dundee as well I, I thought he said Altmar was going to be the, the big test but you know, we, we had obviously your, your usual Celtic in Europe moments where we were a wee bit shaky, Joe Hart made that brilliant um, sort of instinctive save with his foot in the early, early moments of the game but other than that, I, I thought we were pretty measured, it was a pretty comfortable performance, obviously they had one or two chances because they are a, a decent quality outfit but no, I was I was really impressed with the way we went about our business last night, and um, yeah, I, I, as I say, the the speed at which we've turned this around is is incredible. And full credit to Ange, um, the backroom team, and, and the players for that as well, because they're they're playing some really good stuff at the moment. I I mean, as you say, the start was typical dodges out in Europe. Uh, Starfield get turned very early on, and for a terrible minute, I've like considered a penalty, but thankfully no. Then, as you say, Joe Hart with a great extinctive save on the post. And then after like 10 minutes, I say like, no, really, but then it was scored. And it was back to the old days with Tom Rogic. He really is a player reborn. It was a sensational uh, sort of running cross. And there was Kyogo with a superb finish. Instinctively stuck his foot out. He put it in the top corner of the net. And that really was a, a very, very good Celtic Europe goal. Probably nobody remembered as like goals like, I don't know, knackers against Man U. I mean, it wasn't all being as good as that, but as a team move, it was an excellent goal, wasn't it? It was fantastic. Um, I was on here a couple of weeks ago, I think. I, I don't know if this was maybe one of the uh, technical issues podcasts that we've had to redo, read, so, but I, I think I was saying at one point Tom Rogic um, was finished at Celtic, so... 
um, more inspired punditry from me, and I'm sure that's why the listeners keep coming back. But it was it was phenomenal last night again, and, and in the build up to that goal, his close control is just phenomenal. I mean, everyone's always known that with Rogic. I think the only question marks have really been over his fitness and his ability really to, to last a full 90 minutes. Um, but it, it was superb there, and, and the cross ball as well into and the Kyogo, and it's actually it, it looked quite quite a difficult finish to be honest. They they done really well to to actually put that away because he was on the on the stretch, obviously having to sort of throw himself at it, but still managed to to finish off what was a, a superb team move, and it was a great start to the game for us as well. I see what you think about it. Mind uh, Rogic was going to go to Qatar. I think it was this time last year. The thought was it was going to leave Celtic, and I don't think that many people would have been bothered. That's how sort of doing the painting order he was, but. No, Ange must really know how to get the best of him, and well done to Ange. I mean, I I don't know how long this runoff form will continue, and I always get worried about Rogic when he gets to like 60 minutes in a game, he just starts to become knackered all of a sudden, but no, I thought he was excellent last night, and Kyogo's just fantastic. I mean, six games, six goals, you can't ask for anything more, and don't want to really talk about the derby next week yet, because I'm sure we'll be doing a whole other podcast extravaganzas run about that game, but no, I'm confident they'll do well that day uh, in the derby. I think he'll cause Rangers all kinds of problems and hopefully uh, gets a couple of goals to seal another big Ange inspired triumph. But no, that was a brilliant goal. And then we sort of calmed down a bit after that rocky start. We calmed down a bit. Forrest had a great effort saved. They never really had any more like clear cut chances like they did at the start. And the saying half they did have a good chance right at the start when they blasted it over when they should have scored. But then just about on the hour mark, we made it 2 0 and it was a goal we'd usually give away in Europe that we scored. It was good play back. Hugo again, he hold the ball up. He passed it to Forrest and his shot wasn't going in until it took a deflection. And uh, the goalie was stranded and that was 2 0. And I'll go down as an own goal. I don't get, can't be a Forrest goal because it wasn't going in. But no, that was a, a Celtic conceded goal in uh, in Europe. But we actually scored it for once. It's a miracle. <laughs> you know, um, coming back to that chance, actually, out my that was a shocker, wasn't it? That miss just at the the start of the second half. Um, we we definitely got away with one there, I think. But I, I mean, again, when you're playing against um, against sort of quality opposition or, or a level up, at least from what we we face domestically, you know, they are going to get opportunities, and it's. Thank God they never took it, I suppose. But it, again, great team move, I suppose, for the goal. But fortuitous in terms of the, the the actual finish itself, because it definitely wasn't going in with it. The the aid of the deflection there, but no, once again, a, a really impressive uh, team move. And Kyogo again was was just fantastic. Yep, and towards the last twenty minutes, I said it. I thought Easy uh, might tire, but they never did get more of the ball, and we uh, tired, but. Well, so I did really keep them at arm's length. We brought James McCarthy on, and we actually should have made it 3 0 when the goalie made some incredible double save for Edward and then Adam Montgomery. I think it was a combination of the goalkeeper, the post, and one of the players in the line. And I think if we'd won 3 0, would have been all but through, but that would have been a bit harsh because they had chances as well. And I think all we wanted was a clean sheet and another one to keep the momentum building. And we got it, and I'm sure next week will be a hard game. And I think they'll create chances because I still think our defence is uh, a work in progress, as we say every week in the podcast. But no, it was another good win and the transformation for less than a month ago when we played Midgeland and then Hearts is just incredible. And 
hats off to Ange. He's still like pulling no got other players in that he wants. I mean, there's still problems in the team when he saw. But before we talk about other things, let's talk about uh, Anthony Ralston, who I think had his best ever game for Celtic last night. It was absolutely brilliant. It's so unexpected for him. I mean, he probably got a bad rap, really, for a lot of people, because like, he never sort of did that well, really. I don't think on loan at like, St. Johnson and Dungeon United, and we've been linked with, I think, 150 right-backs, and we're, I think we're going to sign one maybe tomorrow. We'll talk about that a bit more later. But no, Ralston has just been fantastic. And if we do sign this uh, guy, Juranovic, I think it is, Ralston deserves to keep his place in the first team. And I think now that left-back's a bigger issue than uh, right-back. We'll maybe talk about that in a wee minute. But no, uh, hats off to Anthony Ralston. He's, uh, he's been sensational, hasn't he? I agree with everything you've said there. I think left-back is now the, the bigger issue rather than uh, than right-back. Anthony Ralston's been fantastic. Um, you know, he's, he's even offering a threat going forward these days, which is, is certainly something that up until a couple of weeks ago you, you certainly wouldn't have said he was the um sort of guy that you think would have would have fitted into Angie's system. Um with, with the amount of sort of freedom and, and I suppose responsibility as well though that's putting the fullbacks in terms of getting forward and, and actually trying to be creative for us. But he it was fantastic again last night. He had that clearance right at the very end as well where they sort of cut the ball back across our, our six yard box and they slid in Fantastic defending for him, but you're right in saying uh, if if um, if we do bring in a right back in the next couple of days, which I, I suspect we will now, he's got to keep his place in the team. He's he's um, he's not done anything where you could say, you know, he can drop him. Fully earned his place in the team, and um, no, it was it was terrific again last night, and it's it's incredible to be honest the transformation in him. I, I don't think I've ever seen it. Obviously, there was a lot of players under under maybe Rogers, for example. That, that went to another level, but with Anthony Ralston, I think it's more just because it's so unexpected. With some of the guys under Rogers who maybe transformed, uh, your guys like the Forest and Armstrong, I remember, there'll be tons that are missing off there as well, but they were guys who you always sort of knew had ability and this, that and the next thing, but with, with Ralston, as you were saying, I, I don't think he'd ever really impressed on the loan spells he'd went on there, and people would have thought he was maybe like a bottom end of the Scottish Premiership, or Scottish Championship sort of fullback that that was maybe the level he was at, but he's he's proven his whole wrong at the moment. He was terrific again last night. For the time being, he should be one of the first names in the team sheet, and he deserves to keep his place for the foreseeable future. And until he gets injured or until he's a bad game, then the right back slots his. Now, as we say, Joe Hart, I thought was excellent. Uh, that save at the start was brilliant. There was another. I seen a thing in Twitter last night where somebody pointed out that. In the last like couple of minutes, Joe Hart went over to Ange and like says to him, like we've got to keep it a bit more tight. And then he went round and told all the other players to do the same thing. So and we did sort of tighten it up a bit in the last couple of minutes. So I mean, I think Joe Hart, who we're all a bit wary about the signing, he's uh, done well. He's got a, we talked about him having a big personality uh, at the start and that has rubbed off, I think, the rest of his team and I think he's enjoying being here. I mean he'll be Delighted to be playing regular football again and Celtic are a big team, no matter what they say in England, we're still a big team. We even attract the the BBC match of the day number one commentator, Guy Mowbray, last night. That's who was commentating the game for the Euro two thousand, the Euro twenty twenty final he parted, so wonder what was better. But uh, well I actually I enjoyed them both. Both that final <laughs> and I enjoyed them equally. But uh, no Joe Hart's doing well. 
everybody's like doing well. There's still a couple of slight issues. We'll just briefly talk about Starfield had a, a very very dodgy first half. I thought he played a bit better second half, but we also playing better than him. And I know we're always saying give him time, give him time, and we need to give him time. But I don't know. I'm a bit concerned about him uh, and the games next week. Uh, he's either way in Ibrooks and. I don't really want to slag Greg Taylor that much because I think he's a no bad player, but I just don't know if he's like Celtic quality. I think he's sort of Premier League quality. And he's, I mean, like I don't mean your kind of quality. I mean like known Celtic Premier League quality. I mean he's trying his best, but I don't know. I just I'm not sure if he'll ever be like Celtic class, if you know what I mean. I had, I mean we were saying obviously that I think left backs the. The bigger worry than Reback now, certainly on on form. One thing I will give Greg Taylor is he, he does he, he does his fair share of, of running on that left hand side. I, I think it's just with the ball. He's he's um, I just don't think he's he's good enough essentially on 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 the ball and and creatively. But um, I, I think I think that is the the only worry there. Starfield, um, he did have a shaky start. I thought to the the first half, but um, I thought he grew into the game. And, and to be honest, second half I thought he was thought he was fine. So. Um, I, I think him and, and Welsh um, with Joe Hart behind them as well will be developing a bit more an understanding as they go through each game so you've just got to hope really that he does with time to be honest I, I, I feel like he will I, I think he will I, I think I've seen enough from him um, when he has played well in games to, to know that there is a a decent enough player in there, certainly for the standard that we're at just now. So I'm, I'm not too worried about Starfield. I, I think it is still early days, but it, certainly in terms of areas for improvement, I know we'll come on to obviously the, the, the signings that are meant to be getting finalised over the next couple of days. But I, I think left-back now has to definitely be the priority, depending obviously on outgoings as well. But I, I just think that we need a need a far better technical option at left-back, especially to play the way that Ange wants to play. See, the interesting thing is we've not been linked to any left-backs for ages. It's right-backs all the time. If it's Celtic getting linked to a player, it's a right-back. Literally nearly every day, or every week really, there's been a right-back we've been linked to. And it's just weird that, I don't know, maybe Ange's satisfied with uh, Taylor. Because, I mean, as you say, he does just ridiculous amounts of running. He does, like, I know that Ange wants his fullbacks to work very hard. And maybe he's happy with how he's playing. And I think the last left-back we really got linked to was Aaron Hickey. And that was weeks and weeks ago now, and that went quiet. So, I mean, unless we try and sign him in the next week and a half, transfer window shots in the 31st of August, which is less than two weeks away, I don't know if we'll sign a left-back. I think we'll, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll try and promote one uh, for the youths. I know. I don't know. We might try something like that. I'm not sure, but no. I think for now, uh, Taylor has got that jersey, and this hopefully keeps trying his best, and maybe he'll prove us all wrong by scoring the winner in the next three games. You never know. Uh, what are your feelings about the uh, the second leg, which will be taking place around about this time next week? I think it's a quarter past seven kickoff. Do you think the EZL count is all guns blazing, and that might suit us? Like we can pay, play the passes through a Kyogo. We were trying against uh, Dundee, I remember. We kept trying to... No, we were trying against uh, Jablonic. We kept trying to uh, pass that through ball. Hugo beat you offside track. And I don't know, maybe we could be doing that. That's a tactic. Maybe we can do more away games. I'd, I'd be a lot more confident, obviously, if, if we'd got that third goal when they're keeping with a, a couple of pretty astonishing saves towards the end for Edward and, and Montgomery. So I'd, I'd be... 
saying to be honest, tie tie over after that, even though we know what we like away from home in these qualifiers. But that's the only worry really for me is historically how we tend to perform in these games. Because I've I've seen enough over the last few weeks to know that we are capable of going over there and um and getting the job done. One thing we need to do, obviously, is avoid losing an early goal. And like you said, I think AZ will have to come out and play. I mean, they, they came out and played last night, even away from home. So I'd imagine the home home tie, 2-0 down as well, knowing that they need to come out and attack, that they will. Um, and as you say, that leaves space for us to exploit because you see it on, on the transition. When we're going from defence to attack, I mean, we're brilliant. You know, when you've got Kyogo making those runs in behind trying to beat the offside trap and you've got Tumble, Rogic all showing for it there. You've got Abada, Forrest as well, who are all getting forward. So I think there's there's options um, or there's going to be chances for us to hit them on the counter-attack if they do come out all guns blazing, which I don't really think they've got much of a choice. So they'll have to, won't they, to try and make up that deficit. It wouldn't surprise me if we decided to just go toe-to-toe with them because I don't think like sitting back in the defence is the mindset that Andrew's got. I just kind of see him thinking... Right, let's keep it cagey for the first like twenty twenty five minutes and then we'll start hitting them. I think Angel will be thinking, let's try and get an early goal right away and finish the tie. But no, it's a big test and the next week's gonna be uh, massive for Celtic, but we'll talk about that a bit more later. So now let's go to the all singing, all dancing transfer section. And we have had a bid accepted for a right back and Valabazali is actually playing right now. It's Josip Juranovic, who plays for Legia Warsaw, and they are in the Europa League qualifiers, same as us, and they're beating Slavia, Pla- Slavia Prague even, 1-0, and he's playing now. But I think he's going to fly to Glasgow tomorrow and complete the transfer. So would that not just be typical Celtic if we get a, some dodge injury night and we, uh, we had to cancel it? He's actually playing with Arthur Boric, who's uh, Legia's captain. There you go. I didn't realise that. But no, I, that is interesting because we've been crying out for a right-back for ages. No, we're signing one and I don't think he's guaranteed to be first choice. Interesting times. Yeah, it's, it's a couple of players we've done that with now, by the way. I remember we've done it with Kyogo. And, and apparently, I think the boy Scales as well is maybe playing for Shamrock Rovers tonight, isn't he? So, it's quite a few players we've, we've, let, um, we've let do that now. So, we're obviously pretty pretty confident there. Tempting fate, I, I would call it, to be honest. But... <laughs> That's just me, <laughs> but no, I mean, like we either way, regardless of Tony Dawson's recent performances, we do still need reinforcements in that position. We've we've only got him there, really. He's only recognised right back at the club just now, and we were on here, obviously, myself and Stevie. I remember around the time of the the Michelin games, saying it was a disgrace, and that was the only recognised right back we had at the football club going into sort of those ties, but. I suppose better late than never. Um, we look to finally be getting a, another option in there at right back. As we were saying, I don't think it will go straight into the team. But no, it, it, from, from certainly for the clips I've seen of him anyway, um, it, it looks to be a good good prospect for us. Yeah. We have actually got a right back, Leo Connor, but he's never played for us. He was on tra- he was at Tramiel last year. He's uh, on loan. He's never played the first game for us. So I know he was a good prospect at Man U, but. If he didn't get a game, look at the start of the season when we were desperate, then I don't really think he's going to get a game now. No, so that's an interesting uh, one about Juranovic, and hopefully the deal gets completed soon. And then the other one, this is uh, a weird one, I think. We've been linked with uh, Georgius Giacomacus, and I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that again. 
I'll just call him the Greek fella. Georges Giacomakis. <laughs> Giacomakis. It was easy when we had Sammy. <laughs> He's the, he played for VVV Venlo in uh, the Dutch League last season. And now they get relegated. But he was the top scorer in the league. Which is a bit odd, really, when you think about it. Like, I don't know what that says much for the Dutch League when the top scorers were a team that gets relegated. And there was a report earlier that would agree to a fee with uh, Venlo, but I've just saw that that hasn't happened yet, that were in talks with him. And uh, i seen a clip earlier that it was actually at Werder Bremen last night because they're interested in him as well. And it says that he's apparently spoke to Ange and apparently wants 11 grand a week. But then Werder Bremen will be relegated as well. They let in the second Bundesliga. So, I'm not sure. I mean, I think this signing would be a gamble. I mean, obviously it was a gamble buying Kyogo, but his team didn't get relegated last season. This guy's team got relegated last season. I know the Dutch league's probably 50 to 100 times better than the Scottish league, apart from, apart from EZ, of course, who couldn't live with us. But, uh, no, I think this signing would be a gamble because... I was looking at his stats, and this is real. Last season was really the first season that he's like been a top goal scorer. It's not like he's been prolific every season. And I would think that if this guy does sign, then that would for sure be Eddie getting sold because we've got that many strikers. Like if this guy signs, we'll have Eddie, Kyogo, Ajayi, and Griffiths. I know they two hardly ever play, and I don't think there'll really be much consideration this year. Well, I don't think Griffiths will anyway, but. I don't know, what do you make of this one? I think this signing would definitely be a gamble. I mean, you, you see it on paper, obviously, and go oh, top scorer on the, the Dutch league last season. He must be must be some player. But looking at his career, I think he's 26 now, and I think that was maybe only the second time in his career he'd actually get into double figures in a season. So, And I think it was the first time he'd, he'd got over 20 as well. So it, it, it's, it's a bit of an unusual one, looking at his record. I don't know if we will end up signing him, obviously. I know Werder Bremen are interested in... Um, I was reading something about I think the the, the way they are structuring the deal or whatever is more more cash for VVV Venlo up front. So um, I don't know if that will maybe maybe tempt them to to sell to Bremen rather than us. But that is a bit of a strange one, certainly. Obviously, if the boy comes in, listen, we'll get behind him and give him every um, every bit of support, you know, and and, and want him to succeed. But it's certainly looking at it a bit deeper than just top scorer in the Dutch league last season. It is a bit of a Bit of a strange one, certainly. I, I mean, I'm not really sure if it'll happen because I don't really think, unless Eddie leaves, we're absolutely desperate for a striker. I seen that Crystal Palace were linked to him the other day. I I seen another thing that like he's won eighty grand a week apparently, and that priced out Southampton. They bought that Alan Armstrong guy in Brighton as well. So I mean, if Eddie keeps playing like he did against Hearts, then I'd be happy with him staying, but. Celtic can't afford to lose him for nothing at the end of the season. That would just be bad business. We can't do that again. You mentioned Liam Scales earlier, who's a Shamrock Rovers centre-back, who we've been linked to in. Apparently, after they play, they're playing actually Flora of a stone. Now they're in the losing 3-1. So there you go. So uh, I'm not sure he's having a great night there, but I mean, I don't know if this guy would be a no disrespect to our, our green-white cousins, Shamrock Rovers, who wear the same strip as us, but I'm not sure if like he'd be a first choice guy. I'd have my doubts. I think he'd probably be a squad player. Apparently, Southampton were interested in him as well. So I know he must have a pedigree, and it'd be interesting to see if that deal gets done, or we have to wait until next week after the second leg. 
So I think there will be more signings. There has to be more signings before the end of the transfer window. And I think Juranovic will definitely be a signing. And I think Scales is like 70%, I'd say. But I'm not sure it'll be the Greek guy that. I'm just not sure. I think that seems like a bit of a gamble too far to me. Maybe if he signs, he'll prove us all wrong and him and Kyogo will be this superb partnership. But no, do you think that uh, anybody major will leave us before the windy shots? Maybe apart from Edward. What do you think about Christie? It's been very quiet in the Christie front since he's been injured. I mean, there's not even been any rumours or anything. His contract runs out, uh, I think, in January. What do you think will happen with Christie? I would hope he stays because he was brilliant against Dundee. But then when you think about it, we didn't really miss him last night. I thought Abada was excellent at times, and I thought Forrest played well as well. So, what's your mate in Christie? Do you think he'll end up leaving and joining all his pals and the bright lights of the Premier League? I, I think he's a player you prefer to, to keep, obviously. I, th- I think we we still look capable without him. We do still have you know options in attack, but I, I think if, if you're able to hold on to him, you do everything you can to, to keep a hold of him. Even if it is just maybe one of those, one of those kind of Armstrong situations. Remember after the invincible treble season, where you maybe just get to sign another another year or another year and a half, I suppose, in that circumstance, just to get a bit of money for him at the end of it. But I, I certainly think that um, I, I think there'll be at least one big exit. I think it probably will be Edward, and and I think that's obviously why we're looking to get another striker in. Albeit, I don't think a Jetty or Griffiths especially will be anywhere near this team this season by the by the looks of things, but I'd, I'm interested to see, to be honest, if there is any big departures. I think other than Edward, I think we might keep a hold of, of Christie. I'm quietly confident that we can at least hold on to him, maybe for this season. If we could, as I say, get him on one of the kind of Armstrong contracts where it's a, you know, he can go at the end of it or whatever kind of deal, but it, it's certainly been a bit more quiet in the, the Christie front recently, but um, I, I think other than Edward, I, I don't expect any other major, major outgoings, but that's famous last words there from me. Incredibly enough, Joseph Juranovic had just scored for Legia. They've beaten uh, Slavia Prague 2 1, so there you go. Maybe that'll be him thrown down the gauntlet to Anthony Ralston. I want that right back slot. <laughs> that was unexpected, to say the least. But uh, no, I mean, I think there will be a lot of stories in the next like, 14, 10 to 14 days whenever the, the window shuts for when it is now, like the first, uh, 31st. I think there will be. A lot of speculation, and we'll just need to wait and see what happens, but I tend to agree with you. I think that the, the one major departure will be Eddie, and we'll talk we'll talk about that on the pod when it happens, but that'd be a shame because he's been a very good player for us, but I think it was always inevitable that was going to happen. Right, so we'll now do a quick preview of our next game as the and train hopefully keeps on the tracks as we take on St Mirren, a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, which a game which I'll be attending, lucky me, the First Celtic game at 3 o'clock on a Saturday, Beanie, in ages and ages. And will you be attending at Spunkphone or are you missing this one? I will be there. Sensational, we could have an emotional acknowledgement for across uh, the, pa- the road to each other. Uh, <laughs> a tip of the hat or something. We'll talk about that <laughs> off here. But uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I was at the Jablona game last week, the return, the fans return. It was a great atmosphere. I think there'll be more fans at the game on Saturday because they'll start to sell tickets again for the main stand. And no, I think everybody will be hyped up for this game. Everybody wants to see Celtic now, and I'm confident that we'll maybe not turn in like a 6-0 job, but I'm confident we'll get the job done to get three points and put pressure on Rangers who aren't playing until Sunday this weekend. 
yeah, no, I'm I'm very confident going into that game as well. I think um, with the football we're playing at the moment, and I don't think St Mirren have had the, the best start to the season either, have they? So I'm I'm pretty confident going into that game. I think we probably could do another another Dundee to them potentially where we do blow them away. I know there was a bit of talk uh, on social media anyway last night, you know, do you rest maybe certain players, but I think a lot of them are probably still building up their fitness, so I think another game under their belt won't, won't do them any harm. Um, but if, if you can, for example, get the game won in the first sort of hour or so, done and dusted, three or four nil up, then I think that would be ideal going into Thursday night against Alkmaar, but no, I'm, I'm fully confident that we'll... Uh, will win comfortably at the weekend. I can't see anything else, to be honest with you. I'd agree. I'd imagine we'll get a win. Now, this is unbelievable. Yet more breaking news. Liam Scales has scored for Shamrock Rovers. <laughs> Two Celtic transfer targets, both playing during this gig pod extravaganza and they both score. What are the chances of that? Very slim, I'd say. But No, I mean, the Celtic train keeps on going. We're doing well the new and we've got big tests to come. But no, after the start we had a few weeks ago, I'd say that everybody should just be reasonably happy the new content we would have seen and spunk phone thanks very much for joining us this week pleasure as always john see you on saturday i'll see you on saturday aye right so time for a quick plug here support for Gigpod is brought to you by swiss movement quality watches at affordable prices check out their website at www.swissmovement.co and get 10 percent off all watches with the code gigpod88 that's all in capitals so that's www.swissmovement.co Get 10% off all watches with the code GIGPOD88. Thanks to them for sponsoring the podcast. You can leave us the usual five stars on the usual places, Apple Podcasts, all the different platforms. Leave us more of those good reviews that Stevie's been sending me sometimes. They're always a treat to read. And we'll be back on Sunday after the Semana game and we're going to have special guest Anthony for four times in a podcast way. So there's something for everybody to look forward to. And then I'm sure... We'll have a AZ away Rangers extravaganza towards the end of the next week as well. And God knows what's going to happen. I'm sure Stevie will come up with some superb plan. They'll tell me later. So <laughs> thanks very much, Bunkphone. Thanks very much, John. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And hail, hail. Podcast Network.